Hey everybody, welcome to the Advance Your Belly Dance podcast, a weekly podcast all about the business of belly dance. Hey everybody, Jana here with Sophia Ravenna this week for a special interview all about Facebook. So Sophia, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, so uh, as Jana said, my name is Sophia. I'm a belly dancer in the Seattle, Washington area. And for my day job, I do social media managing, content creation, and copywriting. So my passion is helping belly dancers figure out how to run their social media marketing. That sounds really cool, and I really wanted to talk about this with an expert because social media is really tricky, and we'll, we'll talk about that. I have some questions for you um, about Facebook in particular, but social media is something that's so important for anyone that has a business to have, but it's kind of tricky to get down because the algorithms are always changing and ads are always yeah. a thing. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a bit about Facebook in particular? So... Like Facebook, I like to call it the network that we all kind of love to hate. We know we want to be on Facebook, but it's so easy to get frustrated with it because, like you said, the algorithms are always changing and they're always trying to get you to pay money to promote like every post you make on your fan page. And it can feel like it's really difficult to get the word out. But at the same time, you really need to be on Facebook. Like if a local belly dance event isn't on Facebook, I... It's just not on my radar. I forget that it's happening and I schedule myself to do something else that day because if I'm asked, hey, are you free on Saturday? The first thing I do is I go look at my Facebook events tab and see what I've already RSVP'd to. It's just, it's become so integral to people's lives, especially, you know, people, you know, maybe 35 to 40 and younger, we've just become so used to using it. That's very true about events not being on Facebook. I, I also do that. I always, I always check to see if it's there because I it might be six months down the line and yeah. it might involve some traveling, but I, I still like to like save it to see if in a month or two like I'll be able to make it or what's happening, any updates. And yeah, that's a really good point. So what kind of content would you say is the best for Facebook? And well, before we go into that, what would you recommend then... Facebook profiles or Facebook pages, a combination of the two? So I definitely think it's good to have both. I mean, you need to have a Facebook profile to be on Facebook, and it's up to you how much dance information you want to share on that. I know a lot of people, you know, they have people in their lives who they don't want that person to know about the dance or the person disapproves and makes snarky comments, so they, you know, might not share much dance information on their personal profile, but even if you're really open about being a belly dancer and you talk about it all the time on your personal profile, I think it's really important to have a fan page just because there are certain people you will run across in your career as a dancer that you don't want to be Facebook friends with them. Like you don't want to be friends with everybody who comes to see you dance at the hookah lounge. You want a little bit of distance between your professional life and your personal life. That's very true. <laughs> There's some people I'm like, mm, I don't necessarily <laughs> need you to see yeah. my whole life. <laughs> but you can go with this page. 
Um, and what do you, what can you tell us about Facebook groups? Because that's a bit of a newer thing, and I've talked about it in other episodes before. But I really like Facebook groups. I run the Advance Your Belly Dance Facebook group, and I find it a better way to reach people directly where you don't have to pay so far. So far, you don't have to pay to show up in their timeline. Yeah, definitely. I think groups can be a really powerful tool for somebody like you or for, say, if you organize a local event or you teach classes where you have like you have a group of people who specifically want to hear from you and are involved in what you're doing. You can communicate directly with them. Um, I think especially for teachers, Facebook groups are invaluable because you can use them to let people know if there's been a change in the class schedule and to share additional information. Like if you mention, you know, Samia Gamal during class, you can go home and then post a whole bunch of her videos for your students to watch. But you're not, you know, by having it in a group that only your students are in, you're not giving all of your knowledge away to everybody who's a fan of your page. That's a good point. And what kind of content would you say is best for Facebook as compared to Twitter? So I think on Facebook, it's very important to post content that has some sort of visual component to it. I mean, Facebook doesn't have the character limitations that Twitter have, or sorry, that Twitter has, but... um, because there's so much content on there, if you just post something that's only text-based, it's really easy for it to get lost in people's feed. And Facebook's algorithm tends to prioritize photos and videos just because they're things that people are more likely to interact with and want to share. So um, I and one thing that I really recommend people do is to take advantage of Facebook's native video platform versus uploading things to YouTube and then sharing links. And why would you recommend that as opposed to uploading it? Uh, Because Facebook blatantly favors videos that are uploaded directly to Facebook versus YouTube videos. Um, For some of my clients, I'll post something that, you know, a YouTube video that I think their followers would be interested in and we'll get like 15 views on that. But if I upload a video directly, like something that they, you know, a video that they took at their location promoting something that they're doing, I'll upload that and it gets 500 views. It's such a big difference. Facebook wants you to stay on Facebook, so they want you to post content that stays on Facebook. And does it have to be like a live video? I haven't used the video function yet. I know they've gone big with their live video platform in the last year or so but are you talking about the is it like does it have to be a live video or is it something that you're able to record and save later oh yeah it doesn't have to be a live video I mean it could be your performance video from this past weekend you normally would upload it to YouTube and then post a YouTube link on your fan page but instead you would upload it directly on fan your fan page and it's stored on Facebook and Facebook shows it to your followers Ah, okay, yes, I see now. I, I understand what you're saying now. So instead of uploading it to YouTube, just upload it there, and it'll be like on your your page or profile. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, what I recommend people do is, even though it takes more time, is just to upload it to both, just because you want to have it someplace else in case there's a problem with Facebook. But to take that extra time to put it on Facebook as well as on YouTube, it'll just get you so many more views. That's true, and... Would you, you mentioned it's it's good to upload it to both. 
what what would you say is like the how do I say it like I would I always upload to YouTube as most dancers because it's easier to link to does Facebook video yeah. have that same like capability or because I feel like when I see a Facebook video it's gone within a week or so like no one like easily links back to it yeah I do feel like Facebook's linking capabilities need some work uh, for instance this past week I did a live video where I was testing out some new makeup products because I write beauty blogs on my belly dance blog reviewing products to let people know if it's stage worthy so I had some new things I wanted to play with and I did a Facebook live video so my friends could like watch and ask questions but then I wanted to embed it in my blog so that people who hadn't been on Facebook at the time could watch it later and it just it did not work well it the technology was there where it said I could embed the video, but if you go to my blog, it just shows a thumbnail of the video and says it's not available. Was that maybe was that on your page or your profile? Maybe it was on my fan page, and it was set to public, so it should be available yeah. to people. There's just some disconnect, I think, in how Facebook is talking to WordPress, where it's not like the bugs aren't quite worked out of it yet. Okay. Yeah. Well, Facebook is still figuring out. It's it's got so many issues. <laughs> so yeah, just yeah, exactly. Because I mean, that goes back to the whole we love to hate it thing. Like yeah. we have to be on there, but they're always changing things, and there's always bugs to work out. So, you know, you have to have a certain amount of patience to deal with Facebook, and a certain amount of you know, the whole it is what it is attitude, where you have to sometimes just. Just accept that things aren't going to work today and you're going to have to try again tomorrow. Yeah, it's something that I've, I used to post on a lot more than about three years ago and then I just stopped because it wasn't yeah. really, I just, I, I don't want to see people's drama all the time. It was, it was more yeah. about the type of content that people posted rather than not just the platform itself. The platform is always changing. It's always frustrating. But um, I think that goes to show that if you type, if you write the good type of content for Facebook, then you will have better followers and, and more engagement. But if it's constantly people yeah, absolutely. complaining about something or another, then it's like, oh, okay, I don't want to be on here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, can you tell us a bit more about Facebook ads? Do you work with um, ads on, on Facebook? What can you tell us about that? Um, I don't do a whole lot with advertisements right now. I have done a bit in the past, but it's not my area of expertise. Uh, most of my clients are working with a pretty small budget, and they um, aren't particularly interested in investing their money in Facebook advertisements. But I've done them a bit in the past for my own page, and I feel like... You know, the thing is, Facebook wants you to promote every post. Everything you post, they're like, you should promote this to reach more people. You should promote this to reach more people. And, like, that's ridiculous. You're not going to promote every blog post, every class announcement. But I do think that they are a good tool for um, certain content. If you are hosting a big workshop weekend or a big show in, like, a theater or something, something that has a ticket you're trying to get it to sell out or a new class series in a new location where you want people to know that you're now teaching at this studio that you never taught it before and you want to reach people in that neighborhood. That's a time when a targeted Facebook ad is a good tool because it helps you reach 
not just your current audience, but beyond that audience. I find that with Facebook ads, it's tricky because you might have success with your first or first one or second one, even if it's a small budget, but then you're kind of stuck. And I don't know if that's just true, um, but you're stuck having to keep paying to be yeah. seen. Yeah, it, it can become a problem. Um, I think that gets into making sure that the advertisements that you do have a specific goal in mind. Like you're using them to promote events and other things where you're going to hopefully also grow your audience while you use the ad. Like the ad isn't just reaching out to your current fans and saying, hey, you know, come to this new class. It's reaching out to new people who are going to come to your class and then follow your page because they're taking classes with you. So it's growing your audience over time. Yeah, for sure. And this also involves a bit of like market research and figuring out who you want to direct it at, not just anyone. Yeah, definitely. If you direct it to just anybody, you're just like everybody in my city, then that's just that's not going to work for you because you're reaching so many people who aren't interested in belly dance at all. You really have to kind of look at your demographics. Like, am I in a college town? Am I gearing this class to the college students? And I want this like 18 to 25 age range. And I'm going to probably primarily advertise towards women. And it's going to be people who like, you know, who have listed these interests, you know, kind of refining your target market or, I mean, Sometimes when I'm feeling lazy and I just want to spend $10 on an ad, I just say my fans and their friends because I know that, you know, if my fans are belly dancers, then they're probably friends with belly dancers and those people might want to come sign up for my belly dance business academy class. And what would you say, you mentioned before that video and, and picture post, photo post are a really good one to have on Facebook. What else would you say is a good tip? Like any time of day that's better or time of week, uh, like day of the week or anything like that? So the general best practices that the industry recommends is you're going to want to post usually in the mid-afternoon on weekdays to get the biggest reach on Facebook. And that's a good starting point. And what you'll want to do is pay attention to when people are interacting with your page. It might be that you post in at like two in the afternoon, but you find that people aren't coming and responding to that post until five o'clock in the afternoon. And that's when you realize, okay, my audience gets on Facebook at five o'clock. So I want to post more at five o'clock on weekdays or my audience only seems to check Facebook on the weekend. So I'm actually going to post more of my content on Saturday. And you can actually, um, a lot of times if you look at your stats on your Facebook page, then that will give you an idea of when people are interacting with your page and what content they're interacting the most with. And do you use any type of scheduling tool or do you use Facebook's own, like they have like their own scheduling uh, portion? So usually just because I work from home and I'm on my computer all day, I post directly to my page but for some of my clients I will use Hootsuite to schedule their posts because I find that it's it has a really good easy to use interface and it allows me to post not just to Facebook but also to Twitter and to Instagram and to other networks if I want to and you can schedule posts way out and then there's a really nice visual calendar to see what you've already scheduled 
So I find I also re recommend that for individuals who don't want to spend a lot of time on Facebook because then instead of getting distracted by Facebook, you sit down with your Hootsuite dashboard and you're like, I am just going to write posts for the week and I'm going to get it done in 30 minutes while I drink my coffee. And how often do you schedule your posts out for Facebook, for your own, for your own personal site? So I generally don't schedule posts out on my personal Facebook just because, like I said, I'm usually here. But if I am scheduling posts out for somebody, I like to do it on a weekly basis. I find that scheduling things a month out, you start to get too generic in what you're posting and you start repeating yourself because you just you get kind of bored sitting there and writing 30 Facebook posts. So I like to do it weekly because then I'm kind of I know what's happening that week and I've kind of got my pulse on what's going on in the industry and I'm like, okay, what sort of things are people interested in this week? And then it's it's a more manageable amount of things to get done in one sitting too. I've tried so many times to like schedule for like two weeks in advance, let's say, and then I just get bored with my own yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's one week is really manageable because that way too – if something changes at the last minute, you don't have as many posts that you have to go through and delete. That's like, true. I mean, say you've scheduled things out for a month, and then the unthinkable happens, and the studio you're teaching at closes down, and now you have to go into Hootsuite, and you have to delete an entire month of class announcements. That's like, now true. you've just made more work for yourself. That's true, yeah. You don't want to... You don't want to put yourself in that position. I know I've had to do that a few times too, with even just with the hurricanes that happened here in Florida while I'm visiting my oh, family. Yeah. I had to like, oh crap, <laughs> I had to go yeah. in and like change everything. But yeah, that's a good point. So schedule, but don't schedule too far in advance. Yeah, <laughs> um, it also helps you avoid really embarrassing situations. Uh, for one of my clients, there was an account I was following on their Twitter account. And this other account had clearly used some sort of auto-scheduler to schedule posts way out in advance and set things to repeat. And they had a post that was supposed to link to an article that seemed really interesting to me. It was about, like, a physical therapist helping a fighter pilot recover from something. I'm like, wow, that sounds exciting. Like, what happened with this story? I want to read it. And I clicked on it, and it was a link to a completely different article about physical therapy for pediatrics. And so I responded to them and I'm like, hey, you know, you, you've got the wrong link. Can you please send me the right link? And I never heard back from them. And a month later, I see the same post come across with the same text and I click on the link and it's the same pediatrics article. So they've got this thing set to go out like once a month or whatever and it's got this mistake in it and it's like nobody's paying attention to correct it and it makes them look unprofessional. For sure. And also, like, unattentive. Like, they don't even care to yeah. answer the people that are asking them questions about it. And yeah, that, that's yeah. one of the biggest mistakes you can make on any social media network is to just be posting and not be monitoring the responses that you get. Oh, for sure, yeah. And especially if someone has has pointed out some sort of mistake that they want to let you know and you're like... Yeah. And I will just continue posting this. <laughs> it's like, okay, yes. well, you're clearly not engaged. Because the whole thing about social media is to be social. And if you're not, if you're just kind of like a robot posting automatically, yeah. it's like, well, that's not, you lose people that way. It kind of, it shows, it shows for sure that you're like a robot, basically. Oh, definitely. And what would you say are some other really good tips for posting on Facebook? 
So um, I think you really touched on it earlier when you talked about not wanting to spend much time on Facebook because you got tired of people's drama. That's like on your on your personal page, you can post about you know personal things and things that are going wrong in your life and complain about the annoying person in line at Starbucks. But on your professional page, you need to keep it professional and keep it pretty upbeat. I mean, that doesn't mean you have to be happy all the time. If something terrible happens in your life and you have to cancel classes because your mother passed away, then you post about that because people, you know, need to know why you're not dancing. But you can't use your professional page as a place to air your grievances with the world. It'll, it's going to turn people off really fast and it's going to – the important stuff that you're posting is going to get lost in that. Um, I think for oh, me, I have like a low tolerance for bullshit to begin with. Yes. And, <laughs> and uh, what I noticed, I mean, it. what I noticed is that there was a lot of drama on people's, um, those weren't like their pages, those were their profiles. But yeah. I still consider that a professional, like it's supposed to still be professional to some extent because you're still at least connecting with other dancers in your industry. Absolutely. And it's it's not like I mean yeah you you I don't know I'm always I'm, I'm not sure how to like phrase this but it's yes you should show like yourself but you should still be on brand and if your entire yeah, no. brand turns into like you bitching and complaining and bad mouthing dancers then I don't want to I don't want to be part of that and yeah yeah if you are if you are using your personal profile to network a lot especially with dancers like beyond your own local community then you really need to lock down how much negative stuff you're posting like once you've made your personal profile basically a public persona you need to say okay I'm unhappy about something right now and I need to complain about it I'm going to message my best friend I'm not going to post this for everybody to see yeah and I'm not talking about like people talking about serious things in the dance. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about like, oh, this person undercut me. What can we do? I'm not talking about conversations that haven't, like, they're bad conversations to be having. Like it's 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 like too bad that we have to have them. But it's it, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like just oh yeah, like rants, <laughs> like constant yeah, rants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't be ranting, and you shouldn't be like calling people out about petty things. Yeah. Like if you. You know, if you think some dancer's costume was inappropriate, then it's not really cool to call them out publicly and try to get all of your friends to shame them. Like doing that sort of thing yeah. starts to get it, it can make the community get toxic really fast and it can yeah. really turn off people who are like new to the dance or people who are thinking of coming and teaching a workshop in your community that would be like whoa hands off I don't know if I want to work with these dancers yeah exactly but maybe maybe that is their brand I don't know maybe if that's your brand it's time for a rebrand <laughs> yeah for sure for sure so so don't be negative or I mean everyone has their negative moments but you don't necessarily need to go on Facebook Facebook and be posting it or or if yeah. you if you really really feel like you need to rant on Facebook then just create another profile and just yes. have it with your close friends I guess and, and family yeah definitely and um I would say that another thing important is or another thing that is important is to be consistent about posting you know try to be posting like you know at least once a day but don't don't overdo it don't sit there and make like 10 posts in an hour Especially if 
most of them have no actual content to them. Yeah, that's a really good point because we mentioned before Facebook is tricky to like it's it's hard to be seen on everyone's timeline, especially if you're in different time zones. I know when like right yes. now and I'm in Florida visiting my family and most of my my target audience for my posts are in are North America. But even within North America there's like three, four different time zones and then yeah. when I'm back in Europe it's a whole different time zone as well. And it's hard for me personally to find a time to post the type of content that I want to that reaches yeah. everyone. But yeah, that's definitely a situation when it would be better to use either Facebook's scheduling tool or something like Hootsuite if you know that you know the time when people are looking at your Facebook posts is when you're still in bed, <laughs> you haven't even gotten up yet, then to be able to sit down the night before and be like, okay, here's some posts that I want to go up on Facebook when my people over in Europe are actually awake, then using a tool really makes that easier for you. Yeah, but yeah, I still have to, I personally still have to tweak my my posts a bit now. I've gotten to the point where I just use Facebook, like you mentioned before, it's a platform we all love to hate, <laughs> and I've gotten to the point yeah. where <laughs> I log on once a week <laughs> to check any messages and whatever's posted on my pages, like the Facebook pages uh, profile is automated. It's like through recycling posts, like, yeah, <laughs> like these are the things that go out twice a week. It's not the same thing every week, but it'll like, I use this program called recur posts and it's just, you build a library and they just randomly choose depending oh, yeah. on the type of topic and Facebook groups, I'm in there once or twice a week to check in if anybody has any comment, uh, questions or comments and and to say hi to new followers and post like the podcast. But that's pretty much my Facebook experience. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else that you'd like to share before we end the interview? Is there anything you want to share that you're working on? You mentioned the Belly Dance Business Academy and I know... Um, you are also an instructor as I am this year, like there's some really good classes going on. Is there anything that you want to share about that or anything that you want to share that you've been working on personally? Yeah. So if people would like to learn more, I am on the Belly Dance Business Academy. My first class up there is about figuring out what to post on social media, especially Facebook and how to maintain that balance between seeming authentic and like you're really sharing yourself and not sharing too much and feeling like you've lost your privacy and also like that whole tricky balance where how positive versus how negative should I be how much do I acknowledge my struggles as an artist and how much do I just paint a rosy picture and then uh, if you're looking for something more technical I'm working on my second class now and that's going to be about how to set up a content calendar for your social media and blog postings so that you never run out of topics and you always know what you should be posting. Oh, both sound really interesting. And is the second one, when is that one going to come out? That should be up in November. I'm going to aim to have it up really early in November because okay. I'm going to start working on it probably tomorrow. <laughs> okay, cool. And where can people find out more? Your, your website or the Business, Business Academy website? Uh, my website is sophiadances.com, and I have a blog on there that I update at least twice a week. 
Okay, cool. And I'll also link that into the podcast description so oh, people thank you. can go on there and check it out. And is that where they can also find out about your classes? Yes, I have links to my classes on there. Okay, cool. So thank you so much, Safira, for joining us this week. And it's been really insightful knowing more information about how Facebook works. Thank you. I've really enjoyed talking with you. Thanks. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And until next week. <laughs>